This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad that you are here. And uh, what a day it is to be together talking about bringing a just society for all humans, all of our brothers and sisters. And today is our uh, monthly news episode uh, where we take news, uh, both in the negative lights and in the positive of good things that are happening and apply the principles that we learn throughout these podcasts. I'm going to start off with a very interesting news story that comes out of Massachusetts today. Uh, Bishop Robert McManus uh, bishop in, in Worcester, Massachusetts, has cut ties uh, or affiliation with the Jesuit school there in, in Massachusetts over the school uh, displaying the uh, Black Lives Matters and the gay pride flag, uh, the pride flag uh, on the school. Um, that school has been warned before not to do this, and this is a school, Jesuit school, for underprivileged boys. And the bishop has warned the school before not to do this, and the school continues to do it. Uh, and so finally, uh, Bishop McManus uh, has uh, severed ties with the school and is no longer allowing the school to affiliate with the Catholic Church. And uh, very interesting news story there because kind of goes deeper into some of the principles we've been teaching. If you'll remember an episode on engaging the mind where we talked about we need to let go of emotions when it comes to dealing with uh, injustices and engage our minds to come up with real plans and solutions. Uh, this particular article kind of fascinated me when I ran across it because like, oh, this kind of fits right into that because we can look at this this news story and the uh, on the surface and get emotionally worked up and say, how dare that bishop cut ties with a school uh, that gets funding from the Catholic Church and tries to reach out to underprivileged boys. But the other thing that's interesting is that we say, how dare, in light of what Pope Francis has been saying and in including people, um, in the church that, uh, um, have various lifestyles and, and, and whatnot, how dare this Bishop cut these ties and affiliations with the school and pull the funding. But when the Bishop explained his side, he said that it, it's actually inconsistent with the teachings of the church. Now let's Think of the emotions of this for a minute. Let's forget the mentality and let's look at the emotions. How can supporting black lives and and supporting people 
of various sexual identities and stuff, how can that fly in the face of the church who's seeking to reach out in love and mercy to others? And if we just engage our emotions, we will think, wow, this bishop is crazy. Bishop McManuson, he... He's, he's out of his mind. He, he, he's going completely against what the church stands for. But then if we let go of the emotions and engage our minds, the bishop brings up a very interesting point that he's saying that them flying the Black Lives Matter flag and the pride flag are actually inconsistent with the teachings of the church in a different way. And here is what uh, the bishop uh, has stated that in, in his viewpoint that any has support on this, but in his viewpoint that the black lives matters movement has done nothing to support uh, black people uh, where the church has. And the fact is the Catholic church, you know, has very much stood up against uh, um, terrorists in the past, like Hitler, the church stood up in Germany against Hitler when it wasn't popular to do so, to defend the those who were being uh, slaughtered by Hitler. And the church stood up for black lives back in the 1950s when it wasn't popular in the southern United States to stand up for, for black lives. But it was the church, while everybody else wanted segregation, including the Democratic Party, by the way, who uh, claims they support black lives. But it was the Catholic Church that stood up and had integrated uh, masses. And, you know, the Catholic Church was attacked for its stance for supporting black lives in the southern United States when it wasn't popular to do so. So what the bishop is saying is that the church actually stands with black lives and that Black Lives Matter isn't standing with black lives. Rather, it has been exposed to be a corrupt organization that's money laundering and doing nothing to enhance the lives of our black citizens. So with that in mind, the bishop, instead of looking at the emotions, he engages his mind and says, actually, um, it's the Catholic Church that stands for black lives, not black lives matters. And if you're going to continue to fly that flag, then you are being inconsistent with the teachings of the church. If you're going to be con- uh, defiantly inconsistent with the teachings of the church, then we're going to have to um, unaffiliate from you. Now, the other thing is the pride flag, which the bishop brings out various points on that. But again, it's the same thing that the, the Catholic Church is, um, very much loves people that are in the homosexual lifestyle, but the Catholic Church does not support their actions. The Catholic Church cannot condone sin and the actions that it is, but the Catholic Church loves them and seeks to to reconcile them. So what the bishop was saying is the school, by flying that flag, is actually keeping people trapped, whereas the the church is actually helping free people and helping heal people. And so with all those things, he engages his mind and says the real justice, and here's the point I wanted to get at with this story, is I've said this many times in the past, right now is a great time to reiterate it, is that there are many times where we judge things on the surface, and when we do that, we can get in trouble. I mean, I know I've done that myself. I've judged things on the surface in the past, and 
I got myself in trouble because later when I got more facts, then I realized, ah, yikes, I need to rethink this whole scenario. And so when we judge things on the the surface, we get in trouble. So we judge this story on the surface, bad bishop, good school. When then, when we hear all the facts, it appears, you know, the bishop did a very good thing and the school needs to rethink their position. And, you know, we, we, we do that. We get these mental triggers. We'll see Black Lives Matter sign in somebody's front yard. They're all over the place here in Portland where I live. And, you know, the fact is you, you see that and you think, oh, wow, great. Yeah, Black Lives do matter. But when you get down below that, you see where the real injustice is. The real injustice is that the organization itself, Black Lives Matter, is actually screwing over black people by money laundering, corruption, and uh, actually doing nothing for our black citizens. And they're certainly not peaceful. They're certainly not reconciling. The, the president of Black Lives Matter has called for the genocide of white people. Well, that's certainly unjust in itself. That doesn't bring healing and reconciliation. That only perpetuates more injustice and more violence. The pride and all those, which, by the way, I, just the word pride itself is one of the seven deadly sins. So by supporting that very notion of pride is, is damning people's souls. You know, we want to, we got to realize that the fight for real social justice is deeper than the surface. It, it, it goes to principles that never change. All of these issues of injustice and social justice issues, they're changing. They're, they're moving back and forth like the ocean waves. But there's these eternal natural laws that God has instilled into creation that never change. And those laws, no matter what the current tide of society is, those laws don't change. And to be a just society is to be in alignment with the natural laws of creation. And so one of the natural laws of creation is love, mercy, and peace. So when an organization like Black Lives Matters promotes genocide of white people, promotes violence, promotes corruption, and does nothing, absolutely nothing to enhance the lives of black citizens, then, then that organization itself is perpetuating injustice and must be confronted for that. And so real social justice goes below the surface of talking points that sound nice at first and gets down to the real things that if we want real racial justice, then we bring people of all colors and ethnicities together in peace, listening to each other and learning to live together in joy and peace. And one of God's eternal principles he's put in creation is that it is not natural for people of the same sex to have relations with each other. And uh, um, uh, so, you know, the fact is, by promoting that is not doing those individuals any justice whatsoever. Do people struggle with that? Yeah, we can accept people that struggle with that. We all have things we struggle with. But we want to be freed from those things and healed from whatever's causing that struggle. And so we accept those individuals, but we don't leave them where they're at. That's not just. Justice is helping those people 
get into alignment with their creator and with the natural laws of creation. So interesting story there out of Massachusetts. Another story I want to bring about is one that one of the biggest injustices that's being experienced right now, at least in America, is the inflation rates. I could not pick one news article on this particular topic because every day we're inundated with articles and news on inflation. I mean, gas prices are insanely high. Food prices insanely high. Rent is going through the roof. I cannot believe why, you know, I'm a, a case manager for homeless individuals and, you know, I'm trying to help them find housing. It's insane. The, the, the prices of rent. Um, the cost of all kinds of things uh, in life is just going through the roof, and yet the president and the government leaders are are turning a blind eye to it, blaming everybody else except themselves. And they're making light of it. When I hear government officials speaking in the news, they're making light of the inflation. They're blaming, you know, saying we just need to learn how to get along with it and all that. And, you know, and what's happening is it's driving people into poverty. It's driving people into homelessness. I'm sure a wave of foreclosures will be coming soon. And what happens is these, these people make light of it. And yet injustice is happening rampantly right now with inflation because it's forcing families, the nuclear family to, to suffer and have to make cho tough choices. How do I get to work? How do I provide medical for my family? How do I provide food with the rising food cost? How, all the, these things. How can I keep my family, a roof over my family's heads? All these things should not be discussions we're having to have as families. And yet they're having because the government is driving inflation and they don't care. Those rich bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. and in Salem, Oregon, do not care at all about the family. They don't care about you. And they're making light of your suffering while they get richer and richer. And so that's an injustice. Now, the question is, how do we handle this injustice? I've seen one particular group, a Catholic worker group, and if you're not familiar with the Catholic Worker Movement uh, started under Dorothy Day, I would encourage you to do that. I'm involved with a Catholic Worker House, and I love what they do, um, what they stand for. But, um, you know, what I see some of those Catholic workers doing, and some other groups as well, is they're creating microeconomies. Now, on the grand scale, there's really nothing you can do or your neighborhood can do to make a just national economy. But what you can do is you can create a microeconomy where you are. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're setting up, for example, credit union accounts that helps uh, provide uh, zero interest loans for the poor. Uh, they are creating ways of sharing such as, you know, like one Catholic worker house has a refrigerator in their front yard with food in it, they have other items of food, canned foods and things. They have free books and whatnot. Just things people can grab, clothes. 
And I know in my neighborhood that there's lots of people growing vegetables in their gardens, uh, in their front yards, and they have signs that says, feel free to pick. And this, I was walking through my neighborhood the other evening, and one woman was out working her garden and said, hey, take a head of lettuce with you as you go. Just things like that. Those are called microeconomies. And in that, we can create justice within an atmosphere of national injustice. And by the way, just so you know, when it comes to economies, I'm not a huge fan of capitalism. Okay. There are all these days I should probably speak to that in an episode, but I'm not a, a big fan of capitalism. It's a very unjust um, system, but so is communism. So is uh, socialism. Uh, so is communism, the isms. I, I, distributism is something that I'm kind of on to right now and researching out. I know G.K. Chesterton and one of the popes in the 1800s you know, promoted distributism, and there's some really just things I can see in that system, but as it is, anything that goes national tends to become corrupt in time. So within a world where all the isms are really unjust and and they come out to injustice, what can you do? You can create a microeconomy. Uh, you could, in this time of inflation, allow people to pick, you know, grow a garden in your front yard, and then allow neighbors to come by and pick from your garden. Um, or, you know, setting up a refrigerator in your front yard, setting up uh, shelves of canned food. Uh, just things where people who are in need can just freely come and, and even it's kind of the reverse too. So neighbors can come and put things in the refrigerator in your front yard or on the shelves. So there's kind of a uh, kind of a flow going on there. But what you're doing is creating a microeconomy or getting in touch with uh, um, a Catholic worker house or getting in touch with, uh, like, say a uh, a credit union or something, and figuring out is there ways we can create zero interest loans for the poor. Uh, you know, by people contributing to pay, cover the interest, things of that nature, just microeconomies. You know, those are just things that I think times of this inflation and the just runaway cost maybe cause us to think more creatively. But certainly, we just got to understand the government is not the answer for anything. The government is the creator of problems. Okay. So don't look to the government to anytime soon, first of all, to take the blame for any of this and don't look to the government to, to create a solution, not possible, uh, but it can be created right where you are. Solutions can be created right where you are. <clears throat> Now, this is a news item that I cannot put a title to. It's a, If I were to put a title to this news item, it would be Random Beauty That Has Happened Today. <laughs> I'm going to just name things where I don't know the names of the individuals involved. I don't know where this happened I mean, I can't tell you when it happened, but let me tell you in the last 24 hours, some beautiful news items that did not make, make it into the media. You won't see it on Fox or CNN, Newsmax or anywhere else, but, but what happened today in the last 24 hours is there was somebody who was uh, crossing a street, an elderly person, and somewhere there was a car that just stopped and allowed that elderly person to pass by safely. That's justice. 
<laughs> Somewhere there was somebody in a shopping, uh, in a store, who needed some food, and they realized at the cash register they didn't have enough money to cover the item, and the person behind them said, I'll pay for it, I'll cover it. That happened somewhere today. Don't know the names involved, when and where it happened, but it happened somewhere today. And that was justice. Somewhere today, a person with white skin approached a person with black skin and said, hello, how's your day going? And they did it with a smile. And they may have even apologized for what has been done in the past to their ancestors. Today, somewhere that happened and justice was realized. Somewhere today, there was a, an elderly person who was alone, suffering deep loneliness with no one to visit them in a nursing home, and someone went today and visited them and cheered them up. Justice happened in that moment. You see, all over our world, I'm not... Beauty happens, justice happens every day right where people are, but it doesn't make the media, and that's okay with me. But what we got to realize is that justice is these little things, and by the way, I don't like to call them random acts of kindness, because there's nothing random about them at all. With God, God's got it figured out. God moves all of us to do things. It's just whether are we going to obey and cooperate. And do if God says, hey, that's a good idea. I should go visit people in the nursing home. Well, now that you have that knowledge that that's an injustice that's happening, because there's a lot of abuse that happens in care centers, nursing homes to the elderly, and definitely abandonment happens. And if you are stirred right now to go visit people in a nursing home somewhere, well, now you have a choice. Are you going to obey and cooperate? And if you do, there's nothing random at all about that. That's purposeful obedience and creating justice right where you are. So you see, as we look at the news every day, let's not forget that there is so much beautiful justice happening everywhere. We just don't necessarily see it because it doesn't grab the media's attention. Well, there you go few news items for the month of June here in the year 2022. I hope it's been an encouragement and an inspiration to you and a challenge to you to think deeper, to think with your mind, to engage your mind, and to open your eyes to all the goodness that's happening around you as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.